few days ago, the U.S. stock market saw its worst day since June 2020. On Tuesday, stocks plunged from fears the Federal Reserve would ultimately spark a recession after a hotter-than-expected inflation number. The economy affects us all. Something else could affect the economy. With a nationwide freight railway strike looming, Amtrak has canceled all its long-distance trains. Food prices already increasing, and a rail strike would force the cost of groceries even higher. In Canada, the Canadian economy is already starting to shrink, and that too could mean a recession is looming. The price of meat has significantly risen this year. My wife tells me her favorite bread has risen in price from $6 to just under $9 a loaf. So as supply chain fears grow, it's more than a good time for Christians to be reminded once again that we can still rest safely in Christ, no matter the events swirling around us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called Royal Faith. Queen Elizabeth II's body left Buckingham Palace for the last time yesterday. Her coffin was placed in Westminster Hall, where it'll rest for the public to view until Monday. It's interesting that there hasn't been a state funeral like this in Great Britain since 1965. That was for one of the most prominent figures of World War II, and also a personal hero of mine, Winston Churchill. Attended by representatives from 120 countries, more than 1,000 police and security personnel, nine military bands, 18 military battalions, it was the largest state funeral in history. And now Queen Elizabeth II, who was mentored by Churchill when she ascended the throne, will have her own state funeral. The more I learn of Elizabeth, the more I like her. Yes, she was born a sinner like you and me. She had to live much of her life in the public eye. Recently, the author of Our Faithful Queen shared something very interesting. Even as a child, Elizabeth's mother and grandmother read the Bible to her and her sister. For the Queen, she came from a family of, of people who loved the Bible. So her own grandmother, was her maternal grandmother, was part of a family where they read the Bible together for an hour every day. And the Queen's mother was someone who subscribed to Bible reading notes and read Bible stories to her children. And when the Queen was, um, she didn't go to school like other children, she had a governess, but the first half hour of every single week was scripture reading. So they were reading the Bible every week. And the Queen was said to have had a, a well-read Bible by her bedside. So she was someone who, who loved the Bible even as a child and loved the Bible stories and learned to pray and learned the Scottish Psalter, which is um, uh, a very particularly Scottish way of saying the Psalms. So she was someone who had a personal uh, love of scripture as well as the formal uh, love of scripture and I wanted to try and express that in, in words and in pictures so that people could begin to understand the central role of the Queen's Christian faith. The author of Our Faithful Queen, Catherine Butcher. After this program, I want to share her book with you for your gift to the ministry. This book is full of colorful photos, rare devotionals written by the Queen, and remarkable stories of her faith in Christ. I believe this book will be an inspiration as you look through it and read it as well. So after the program, call us. Make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. 
Maybe get an extra copy or two and send to friends at 865-HAVEN, 865-HAVEN. Or visit our website to see a preview of the book, and you can make your gift then at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, let's open this program with Rafe Van Williams, All Creatures of Our God and King.
That was the choir of King's College, Cambridge. All creatures of our God and King. Here on this Haven Today in a program called Royal Faith, I'm Charles Morris. You know, I've enjoyed our look at royal figures from scriptures this week. Kings who trusted God, even though they were sinful. Well, that describes Josiah and Hezekiah anyway. But we began the week by looking at King Jesus, the perfectly obedient ruler. He's the only reason any of us can have confidence in our future, whether we are royalty or whether we're middle class or whether we're poor. But maybe today we should think about a slightly different situation. You and I can rejoice when our leaders are believers, when they lead us in godly paths because they themselves know the Lord. But what about when our leaders can only be described as pagan? Is Jesus still the King of Kings even then? We're tempted to doubt at those times, I would say, or at least I am. Is our Lord really in control when the person in authority over us doesn't even acknowledge the creator of heaven and earth? The ancient Israelites might have had similar questions when they were sitting in exile. Had God forsaken them? Were his promises over for them? How could he be in control when the unbelieving Medes and Persians were ruling most of the known world in that day? Well, that's where we pick up the story at the beginning of the book of Ezra. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also put it in writing. The Lord was still in control, and he moved the heart of the most powerful man in the world in that day. He caused Cyrus to acknowledge him. And then he used Cyrus to fulfill his promises to his people. So what did Yahweh lead King Cyrus to do? Let's turn to Ezra. This is what King Cyrus, king of Persia, said. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with freewill offerings for that temple of God in Jerusalem. Now, with that text in mind, do you remember what God said about the wicked kings of Judah? They led the people to sin by worshiping false gods, by setting up idols in the one true God's temple. But what did Cyrus say? He directed the Jewish people to return to Jerusalem, to rebuild God's house. He realized that it was the Lord who had given him the kingdoms of the earth. And you know, that was not out of the blue. Years and years before, Yahweh had told his people that this would happen. Do you remember the words of Isaiah 44, 28? The Lord says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, Let it be rebuilt, and of the temple, Let its foundations be laid. Cyrus, imagine him being the shepherd of the Lord. Now that's a strange thing for our ears to hear, the king of Persia. 
one who fancied himself as a king of kings, and he was a pagan. Sure, he talked about the God of Israel, but he believed in a lot of other gods as well. And even though the Persians weren't as bad as the Assyrians who came before them, they could still be brutal rulers. But God used this man, this king, as his shepherd, the one to care for his scattered flock of people. And then in the next chapter of Isaiah, Yahweh says something even more shocking. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor. Though you do not acknowledge me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. Cyrus. Scripture says he was God's anointed. Do you know that word anointed in Hebrew? Messiah. Someone set apart for a specific task, usually to deliver God's people. Think a minute about that. The Lord of all the earth using a pagan ruler for the sake of his special people. For their good, for his glory. That's exactly what he said he would do. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or reward, says the Almighty. And why did God do this? Why did he use a pagan king to deliver his people? Well, God was making a point. There is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. And that is exactly the point. We serve a God so powerful that he can use whoever he wants to use. He even worked through a talking donkey once upon a time. So the Israelites had an answer to their question of whether or not God ruled even when their king was a pagan. But what about us today? Where is God when things aren't going the way we want or think they should go? Well, the answer is still the same. God is on his throne. Here at Haven Today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus, and he is the reason we can have confidence even during bad times, economic or anything else. God is still in control. The Lord of Lords rules. Where was he when Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross outside Jerusalem 2,000 years back? He was still ruling, controlling all things watching over his people then and now, and doing everything for their good and his glory. And if Yahweh can use the worst thing to ever happen to bring the best good to millions and millions of people, well, you and I, I think, can be confident in his rule. In fact, the one who hung on the cross and died for our sins rose again. He ascended to heaven. And then what happened? Well, Psalm 2, verse 6 tells us that God installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. That is our confidence. The one who lived and died and rose again for us is also ruling over us. 
and over everything. Sure, there are Cyruses still today. There are even Neros. But Jesus is the true King of Kings, and none of the rulers of earth can do anything without his permission. The Lord who created and sustains everything can't be frustrated in its plans. And no matter who is king or president or prime minister, God rules over all. A good leader, even a Queen Elizabeth, is not our savior. And a bad ruler is not the end of the world. Queen Elizabeth knew this. She lived through World War II. She saw the stress it put on her father, King George VI. She knew that her Lord and Savior was faithful, that he ruled over the entire 20th century as wild and chaotic as it was at times. And she knew he would rule over this century that we're living in today in the very same way. I don't know of many words more comforting for us than what the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all earthly rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. That is our king, and that is our hope, no matter who is ruling us on this planet Earth. Oh,
based on Psalm 139 that was being sung yesterday when the casket of Queen Elizabeth was carried from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall. O Lord, thou hast searched me out. A beautiful and reverent hymn on a haven today called Royal Faith. Now, I have many friends in Canada. Sometimes I get to go to church in Canada. And even though that country has been an independent nation for many years, that country, Canada, is still part of the Commonwealth. I've been amazed at how many Canadians have been moved so emotionally by the passing of Queen Elizabeth. One friend of my wife's has been glued to the TV and buried in tears over the last few days. But if you are an American like me, perhaps you don't know as much about the Queen. All the more, perhaps you're not aware of her Christmas broadcasts on the BBC for several decades. Well, when you read a faithful queen, 70 years of faith and service, you're not only going to learn more about her historic reign, you'll also find quotations from these broadcasts and much more. I think you'll be astonished at how open this queen was about the king of kings she served. It doesn't matter where you're from. I know you'll find it very encouraging that this well-known world figure bowed her knee to Jesus. Why don't you call us right now? Our number for a copy of the book or copies to give away is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. We'll get it out to you right away for your gift to the ministry. You can also check out sample pages from A Faithful Queen and see for yourself how the book is laid out, almost like a magazine with lots of pictures. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Reality TV takes many forms, but the most popular shows often involve some kind of elimination. And the message to each loser is clear. You are not the one. Sure, it's entertaining, but rejection hurts. And rejection happens in all of our lives. It even happened to King David. His deepest desire was to build a temple for the Lord. But God told him, Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I will raise up your offspring. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And David's response was the right one. He said in his heart, Yes, Lord, 
and then he continued to serve God according to what God had called him to do. Anchor Devotional is full of daily encouragement for your walk with Jesus. Try it out at getanchor.com.